Well, this is the uh, the third week in my unnamed video game series. Maybe I should just call it that, the unnamed video game series. I was trying to think of something clever like game over. But... Uh, what about like perfect 10? Something like that, you know? Like perfect 10? Because that could be any number of things, you know? They can't really get you for that. That could be like a bowling website. So, without further ado, we're doing 1994's Double Dragon. Los Angeles, 2007. The mystical powers of the dragon are dangerous for one person to possess. Power. All right, so where's the on button? Justice. It's our responsibility to protect the dragon. Darkness. This is only half. Why are we the other half? Light. Let's kick some butt. Double. Dragon. Double Dragon. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday at theaters everywhere. What more can be said about this movie? I mean, if you really think about this, you know, logically, Double Dragon, you know, a movie that was just a beat 'em up style game. We've all played it before. I've actually personally enjoyed uh, Battletoads and Double Dragon. I thought that was pretty fun. But thinking about this movie and once you see the cover, it doesn't scream Double Dragon to me. It just looks like a like a bad TV movie or some sort of cosplay, you know, mock-up. I don't know. But I will say this. I was pretty uh, hyped to rent this when I was a kid. Now, to think that this movie came out before Street Fighter and before Mortal Kombat, this was actually the second video game adaptation after the Super Mario Brothers. And to me, it's a little strange because this one kind of flew under the radar for me. Because I honestly didn't know about it until after Street Fighter, after Mortal Kombat. Like, I didn't know about this until, like, I went to go rent Annihilation. And I was like, wow, there's a Double Dragon movie. Who would have ever thunk this? So, naturally, I rented it. And, um, you know what? I'm not going to say anything bad because I enjoyed it. The main purpose of this movie is to talk about a medallion. Now, this special medallion harnesses two separate powers. And when they're joined together, they become the Double Dragon. I'm going to let the clip do the, the talking for me on this one. I think it'll better explain what they do. Thousands of years ago in ancient China, an evil army of shadow warriors terrorized the great city of Changsha. To save his people, the good king sacrificed himself to create a mystical medallion. Realizing the ultimate powers of the medallion, the king split it in half. To one son, he gave the power over body to the other, power over the soul. This is the legend of the Double Dragon. This whole movie is set in the apocalyptic year of 2007 in New Angeles, because Los Angeles does not exist anymore after the huge earthquake that everybody has been predicting since the beginning of time. Do you remember that? You know, back, back in the day, everybody thought that there was going to be this humongous earthquake that was going to separate Los Angeles from America. And, you know, everybody's going to have to, you know, panic and all kinds of junk like that. I, I don't get that. You know, had they had started that rumor now, I think everybody would have ran out and took up all the toilet paper and the water. Kind of like the, the Y2K style thing. But, oh, well, here we are. And it kind of does start off like RoboCop. Not that I'm comparing the two movies together, but, you know, you get that, that newscast at the beginning and those fake commercials. And it's just, it's a little weird. It's a little weird 
seeing Vanna White and that orange man, George Hamilton, as news anchors. Uh, this movie is very dated, by the way. If this was 1994, you would have exactly known who those two people were. Andy Dick is the weatherman. He's out there talking about the radioactive and acidic rain that they call black rain. Um, like I said, it starts off a little bit like RoboCop. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. The movie stars Scott Wolf as Billy Lee. And um, you probably don't remember him much at all unless you've watched Party of Five, which is a show that I never understood back then. And I kind of don't now. You know, the parents die. So you're going to make up this lie to everybody as if your parents are still alive and you guys are trying to survive. I think that's what it is. Um, that show completely sucked. But anyways, the dude also was a background character in a lot of the Saved by the Bell episodes. He was a waiter at the Max. So be on the lookout for those. We also get the other Lee brother, Jimmy, played by Mark DeCoscos, the Iron Chef guy. Um, I know recently he was in um, John Wick 3. And to be completely honest with you, I seriously thought for the longest time, and this is no BS, I thought he was the little brother from Surf Ninjas. To me, they looked identical. And when I found out that they were not the same person, kind of blew my mind. I just kind of thought that that little boy grew up to be this guy. Who knows? I, I feel a little dumb for saying that now. Let's talk about the character Marion. Now, Marion in the game was a blonde, long-haired blonde woman who was drawn pretty provocatively. Nothing wrong with that at all. She's played by Alyssa Milano in this, and you would think, oh, man, yeah, they really screwed her up looks-wise. They should have left the way that she was designed in the game in the movie. Because in this movie, I don't know what they were thinking. I really don't. Alyssa Milano with short boy band style hair. It, it, it doesn't hit the same. I don't even know what to say now. Not saying that she's ugly or anything, but that haircut did nothing for this woman. You know, she does play the love interest in the game and it just, eh. you know, it's a little, a little that is hinted in this movie. And she leads a group called the Power Corps. Now, the Power Corps is this uh, band of runaway kids who try to stop the crime and everything that's going on in the city. They try to clean up everything. They're like environmentalists to a certain degree. And I would say that they're kind of like the, the runaway kids on the original Ninja Turtle movie. You know, the ones that smoke and drank, the ones that Shredder was uh, using, you know, his little mind tricks to get them all to join the foot. That, that it's kind of like that, but very lighthearted. They they it's, it's like they all turned on the lights. They took away the 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 drinking and the smoking, and made it look like a big McDonald's commercial. That's what the power core looks like. I don't know if that description makes any sense, but it's very '90s, very mid '90s to be exact, and nothing about anything that they're wearing tells me that it's post apocalyptic now if you watch any of the mad max movies the way that the kids and everybody dresses in that 
yeah, that that looks like wow, they've been through some stuff. They've been through a radioactive junk or or you know, they've been through some some bombs and stuff like that where it looks apocalyptic. No, in this it looks like somebody went to a 90s thrift store and let everybody dress how they want it to. That's exactly what this looked like. It's very dated. It doesn't look fun. Um yeah, geez. They even their their hideout their hideout reminds me of Blank Man's Lair. You know the blank station that he had with all the little gadgets and all kinds of stuff going on in there. That's exactly what the Power Core Lair looks like. Um, geez, it, it's pretty bad all the way around. Julia Nixon plays Satori, and she is the guy's adopted mother. The Lee brothers, they, they look up to her. She's their mother figure. And nobody gives a shit when she dies. I'm telling you right now, like, this is the worst, or not, I'm not going to say the worst, the most uneventful death scene I've ever seen. No tears were shed. Nothing was going on. They didn't even build up to it. She just shows up. She cooks him a dinner. And then all of a sudden, she's supposed to be this mom. And then she dies. And I'm like, okay. And then she's pretty much never brought up until, like, the end when they join the medallions together and become the double dragon. And uh, she shows up like freaking Kazam. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. This is uh, a little awkward. Oh, I, I guess. So her character was really, it really wasn't needed. Um, But I'll tell you who was needed in this and who didn't deserve to be in this at all was Robert Patrick, the legendary T-1000 himself from Terminator 2. He was way too good for this movie. Now, I enjoyed this movie, but I do know it's bad. I do understand that this movie is is a pile of crap. But, geez, Robert Patrick, like, what were you thinking? You know, I, I, I saw him recently in Peacemaker, which was on HBO Max, which is a great show, by the way. It dude was great in it. He was a great asshole. But, why? Why were you in this movie? There was nothing that drew you to this. He said he read the script... And this is after reading an interview about him. He said he read the script. This was a challenging character to play. And, uh, you know, he had a lot of fun with it. I guess that's, in the end, that, that really is what all that matters. But throughout the whole movie, he is the villain, obviously. And he possesses one half of that medallion. And that is the soul part. So his special power is he can turn into Peter Pan's shadow and pretty much murder people that way he was able to choke a guy out as a shadow he also turned into like a xerox copy of himself it's just god oh oh yeah and he can possess people he can jump inside of people and possess their body and uh do whatever he wants to do with them you know physically which sounds really worse than what i'm telling you if you've seen bill and ted's bogus journey and when ted jumps into his father's body inside of his ear and possesses him to try to tell the rest of the police force that, you know, the bad robots are going to kill everybody. That scene is basically the same thing in Double Dragon. That's exactly what Robert Patrick can do. He can jump in people's bodies, go around, and uh, commit crimes as this person. And how can you not like a villain with a vanilla ice haircut? Jeez. Uh... I don't know who was the wardrobe person for this movie, but they should immediately be fired. 
Um, one thing that I will say is the thugs in this movie are right on point with the game. They look exactly like they're uh, they're, like they're supposed to. That to me made me smile a bit because I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, you saw the chains, you know, the bats, the motorcycles, the mohawks, you name it. Those villains, the, the thugs look exactly like they would in the game. One of the Mohawk guys is played by John Asher. Now, if you've seen this movie and you recognize him, you were probably a fan of the Weird Science TV show. He played Gary in that. And later on down the line after this movie and Weird Science was done, I have no idea how this guy was able to pull Jenny McCarthy. Uh, Blows my mind to this day. I don't know how he did that. But more power to this guy. Anyways... Keep on going with these thugs. One of the famous thugs in here is a Bobo. Now, that sounds like a stupid name, right? A Bobo. But in the game, he's this big, bald dude. You know, it kind of takes a few more hits than normal to take him down. Well, in this movie, once again, he's another big, bald guy. But they pump him full of chemicals because he wants to be bigger and he wants to be stronger. So Robert Patrick's villain, his character, um, gives him that. He wants to make this super soldier out of him. And guess what? He gets disfigured. He does get strong exactly as he asks. But he looks like a hundred nutsacks tied together. Now, I'm not over exaggerating this at all, because if you Google his character from the movie, you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about. He looks like somebody squeezed a whole bunch of nutsacks. To the point where the veins are coming out. Yeah, I'm going there. So I hope nobody is listening to this out loud. But that's exactly what he looks like. And uh, there's no other way around it. When you look at that, you're going you're gonna to think about exactly what I'm saying. And I hope everybody goes out and looks for this movie. Because it's actually streaming. Which is, which is the weirdest thing. Because it's on the Peacock app. Or network. Or whatever they want to call it. It's on Peacock. So you can go ahead and look at this whole movie or you can just Google some of these pictures and see exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not over exaggerating about the nutsack thing, I swear. The lie detector test determined that you are telling the truth. The ending of this movie is a lot cheesier than the rest of it. The two brothers, they join a medallion together and they get their iconic red and blue outfits that look like somebody bedazzled the trash out of them. And, uh... That's it. Robert Patrick's character is not as villainous. It gets really stupid. I don't know how else to explain this movie, but it's fun. It's a fun movie. There really isn't too many things. Like the rest of the the episodes that I've released before this, like Mortal Kombat Annihilation and Street Fighter, they, uh, I try to find good things in, the, in these movies to try to get you guys to go out and watch them. You know, because they're not as bad as you think. And this one is not as bad. But I can't even say that it's as good. It teeters the line of, wow, what the hell am I watching? Versus, why am I watching this? And the reason I tell people to go back and watch is because... There's a nostalgia factor with this movie for me, and it may be the same for everyone else. 
Everyone likes to shit on this movie. Yes, you know, I get it. But it, it's okay. Honestly, I think Double Impact with Van Damme would have been a better Double Dragon movie. You know, because Van Damme obviously is more known than the two actors that played the Lee brothers. And you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. You know, a Double Impact, had they had got Van Damme playing his twin, you know, both the twin brothers and grabbed all the, the gang members and the thugs from Death Wish 3 dumped them all in one movie gave it a cool soundtrack and some sort of grittier setting that would have been double dragon to me i think that would have been cool and not everything needs to be gritty to be you know awesome because i know everybody these days everything needs to have like a dark grittier tone but no this storyline in particular had they had just like not rewritten the whole thing and kept it to where the two Lee brothers were just martial artists trying to survive this horrible city and its crime. That would have been fine for me. You know, to me, that, that would have been pretty fun. And it would have set it apart from all the video game movies in the 90s and possibly in the 2000s and beyond. Because that would have made it more realistic. That would have made it, you know, the way the game was. Where you're just walking down the street and people show up and try to beat the trash out of you it would have stayed truer to the game where you're just running around fighting that's it you're fighting you're trying to rescue marion the whole time and that, that would have been it but we didn't get that and maybe maybe now that this whole retro culture thing is happening and if kung fury is you know successful you know kung fury 2 uh, should be coming out either this year or next most likely next year but this movie would benefit from the kung fury style and if you have not seen kung fury please go it's free on youtube it's 30 minutes the best 30 minutes of you're ever going to see in your whole entire life but i think double dragon would benefit if it looked and had that same tone as well too as i said earlier it is strange that this movie is streaming why you ask because it's freaking double dragon Super Mario Brothers isn't even streaming, and I'm more disappointed at the fact of that going on. Surf Ninjas isn't even streaming, but Double Dragon is? Now, I do love Double Dragon. Don't get me wrong. I, I love this movie. I, I think it's fun. I will watch it with nostalgia goggles every single time. I even bought the Blu-ray. That's right. They, they released the Blu-ray. I bought it as an import and the American version. Why? Because I love trash. One man's trash is another man's treasure, but I think it's both for me. This movie is very much a product of the 90s. Everything, everything about this says 90s. It doesn't say 2007 because I don't think they knew what 2007 looked like, obviously. But it, it wasn't... God, I don't even know how to explain this. It, it, it just, to me, everything was very dated. I look at this and some of the jokes, I'm like, oh, wow, because they had uh, a headline on the news and they were explaining that Madonna and Tom Arnold are breaking up. Now, if you watch this in 2007 or maybe 2017 or possibly a few years from now in 2027, Jesus Christ, I feel old. But 
these th that joke isn't gonna hit. I don't even think the joke hit thin. But it is what it is. And I'm still a little upset because Robert Patrick deserved way better than this. His character was actually named Koga Shuko. And it's like he renamed himself that. It's just oh man, I kind of I, I kind of like I said, I feel bad for the man. You're literally coming off of, of Terminator 2 and you do this. Poor guy. I think he's a great actor and he deserved way better than he did. Now, there was a Double Dragon cartoon right before this movie came out, probably a bit, I think like in 93. And that was just strange as well, too. None of that even made sense, too. I don't know why they just could not get the concept from the game and be true to it. It made no sense to me because on the cartoon, the brothers had tattoos on their chest. They had these humongous V-necks and uh, they had, uh, you know, the double dragon tattoos on their chest and uh, they were to glow. And that's how they got their power. Uh, they had these lightsaber style swords. Um, even the toys were ridiculous. That show did not last long at all. And rightfully so. Uh, I think the, the Legend of Zelda... Uh, cartoon lasted maybe just about the same it was like 14 15 episodes who knows but the double dragon cartoon once again and i won't say once again because i think this is the first time i'm saying this but it's on youtube go ahead and check that out that's a whole nother nostalgia trip and i may do an episode on that later on down the line if you lasted this long through all my nonsense then i appreciate it if you tried and you came back towards the end to see if it even got any better I don't know. That's up to you. But as usual, and we are at this part already, as usual, you can catch me on any of my social medias, which will be linked in the show's description. Don't forget, this whole month is still video game month. The unnamed video game month that I tried to come up with a cool name, but it just it, it didn't work. So I'll see you guys next time.